With 80 plus episodes in the vault and more than $3 million in total compensation increases received by The Secrets Village, KP and PR are still dropping jewels. Secrets continues to validate that you are not crazy with the challenges faced in trying to reach and exceed your career aspirations. A listener describes Secrets as helping to pinpoint areas I need to develop in conversations I never knew I needed to hear. And season five will definitely not disappoint as they continue to deliver secrets on how to advocate for yourself, how to become a better ally, and how to increase your market value by building generational wealth. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, have paid their dues to reach the top of corporate America, and they want to share their stories with you to transform your journey. And this groundbreaking podcast challenges you, as well as corporate America, to be better and do better. KP and PR will bring you more tips and tricks on how to advance your career. So fill up those cups and welcome to season five. Hey, everybody, welcome to Secrets. This is our season five finale, and we hope to bring you some more heat today. Ricky, what's going on, my brother? KP, look, I just want to first off give you a toast, my brother, because this is episode 100 of secrets <laughs> 100 <laughs> and look i am still a bit you know in uh disbelief because i don't think either of us could have envisioned this level of longevity or sustainability when we're sitting down in your kitchen trying to figure out the impact that we could actually make you're yeah, true that's true so but before i get sidetracked i want to give a huge shout out to you, KP, for going through like this secrets journey with me, dog. I mean, I appreciate you, and I couldn't imagine doing this with a cooler cat than you. Yeah, you said nothing but a word, P. I appreciate you too as well, my brother, because it's it's been fun, and it's you know it's it's rare really to find someone that you can bounce ideas with and theories and hopes and dreams and just see it all come together and just have it click because it don't happen with everybody every day, you know? And that, so it's always uh, a pleasure. And that's what we always say. You're my brother from another mother. And I, <laughs> I got nothing else to say, right? <laughs> right? And when you think about this feat of a completing our 100th episode, I'm so damn appreciative of the Secrets Village and the more than, you know, 30,000 downloads that we received uh, to date on our journey together here. So, and it also would be irresponsible since I'm a finance guy to mention, <laughs> <laughs> not to mention that we've helped generate, get help folks get over $6 million in total compensation increases since we started coaching folks and started this whole journey together. So this whole thing has just been amazing. And it has shown me that Secrets is actually the needle mover and life changer that we were aiming for when we kind of started out on this journey of helping underrepresented employees um, create that generational wealth. Yeah, look, I, KP, I mean, when you describe it in those terms, it's hard to deny the work that we've been putting in every week, you know, with the podcast and all of the streams and the avenues that, you know, come along with it, right? And honestly, this really started with us just trying to lace a few people, a few mentees with some of this free game. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? We was trying to give them some free game about basics, you know, um, and some of the essentials in navigating the highs and lows of corporate America. because. You know, for all of the highs, there's a whole bunch of swamps. And, and it's a lot of stuff that people just don't want to talk about, you know, in there too, right? I mean, it's it's crazy when you put it in the terms of 
30,000 downloads and $6 million in total comp. You know, again, we were just sitting at the table, man, trying to figure some things, you know, out, you know, there at the uh, at the end of the day. But one of the most consistent pieces of advice that we had to give when we first started Secrets is the same advice that we continue to deliver to everyone today. <laughs> you know, actually, right? we've been staying on script, you know, there. And in order to achieve like your career aspirations, whether that be internal or external to your organization, it all starts with the most fundamental principle. You have to have tight marketing collateral to be taken seriously when it comes to getting to the next level in your career. There is absolutely no way around it. You can only fake it for so long. That's right. There is no way around it. You're absolutely right about that. And and it's amazing. Even we've been saying this probably for 100 episodes, but we still, people that show up at our door to get help. And we started looking at that marketing collateral and it's like, uh-oh, okay, that's step one. We got to get this right before we can move on to anything else. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Right? Which leads us into today's episode and what we're going to end the year on. And in this episode, we will describe to you the essential elements of creating marketing collateral that can aid in your ability to reach your career aspirations. We'll provide you the receipts on the importance of having your marketing collateral tight And we'll close out the year by providing three secrets on how to stay ready so you don't have to get ready when it comes to your marketing collateral. Yeah. So, look, I mean, KP, let's start out by kind of defining for the village exactly what we're referring to when we use the term marketing collateral. Okay, like you don't have to have a marketing degree, you know, this, that and the other, but it's simple to us. So we're going to try to break this down just a little bit here. But my definition is any printed and or digital material used to communicate or promote your personal branding message, whether that be professional skills or even services. So now if I even double clicked on that and broke it down just a little bit further, that's referring to all of the work needed to create a kick-ass resume and then compete at the highest levels within your industry while also having a digital resume or footprint, i.e. LinkedIn profile that shows that you are a thought leader in your space, you know, as well. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. And I I love that simple yet decisive definition about marketing collateral because people don't think about, especially that digital part, that digital footprint part is just as important as that stuff that you've got on paper and put in front of people's face at the end of the day, right? And I don't think the timing of this topic couldn't come at a better time, you know, as we're just on the edge of hitting 2023 and all the things that are going on in the marketplace with high inflation, the economy, you know, layoffs of some of these big tech companies, this is the time to get your marketing collateral tight. And so, you know, we're all doing a bit of self-reflection as we close out the year and figure out what we're going to do next in our careers as we start the new year. We do it every year. This is that moment. So why not focus on your marketing collateral? And it all starts, you know, because at this point, because you cannot get to the next level without putting in that work today. And you got to put it in. And Ricky and I wanted to share just a few examples with you today of how we were kind of able to figure out the marketing collateral game as part of our personal career journeys, because hopefully that'll be helpful for you in getting a sense of what we're talking about here. And I'll start out by just saying, you know, I've spoken a lot about how I was intentional about wanting to get into a top 25 business school for my graduate studies, right? 
And one of the key reasons for that was really making sure I had all the foundational things to make sure that my career got off to a fast start at the end of the day. That was the biggest thing. And and one of the biggest benefits of going to a top 25 business school is that you get two years of nearly daily feedback on building your story, right? Recruiters are always on campus hosting receptions almost every day. So you're getting constant feedback on your resume, on your interview skills, on your networking skills, how to show up in the room. And so when you graduate, you're graduating already with a pretty tight package, right? That's going to like last you at least for the first several years out of business school. So I came out with a good resume, you know, that was already kind of blue chip corporate ready. You know, I knew how to show up in the room. I knew how to network. I knew how to interview because I'd been doing it for two years for free, getting free feedback, you know, the whole time. So I didn't have to like worry about, you know, is stuff messed up or do I have errors or, you know, how I'm showing up in the room, all those things. I was packaged, you know, kind of coming out of school. So that made a big difference. Yeah, which is great, KP, because it's, it's almost like you were building muscle you know, from the time that you got in there, right? And you're doing that practice, you know, when you're practicing on, you know, what your gear should look like or how do I how do I approach this salary question or if I want to be able to uh, be in finance or if I want to be in operations or whatever the case is, this is probably what it should look like. So you had a chance to, to kind of hone in, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. so I mean, like, resources were there. And that's the thing. That's a big differentiator when people ask me if they should go to any school for your MBA. Like, I just tell them the advantages and disadvantages. And that's one of the biggest advantages of going to a top school. Yeah. And, I, and again, I mean, that's just amazing and great to hear that those types of resources were available to you and you were able to take advantage of them. Because again, it's nothing worse than if you went to the top business school and you didn't take advantage Right. Some of those resources. Right. I mean, we see that stuff all the time, right? But like experiences like that are extremely valuable in helping you figure out the game early, right? Because we all have these situations where we say, ooh, if I would have I'd have known then what I know now, <laughs> you know. Hey folks, that's why we have secrets. We want to make sure that you understand that stuff. <laughs> but unfortunately, as I've mentioned, like in previous conversations, like my experience was like one I would probably describe as kind of like trial and error where I was trying to figure it out on my own without necessarily having like some of those resources available to me. So although I had the luxury of working in just about every function within HR for my entire career and working for some very best-in-class organizations, I started out thinking I could just probably save a little money and uh, just create it all myself. I mean, for crying out loud, I work in HR. Exactly. So you should know everything because you work in HR, right? <laughs> Exactly. You know, I worked in HR and had access to a ton of resume templates. So, you know, I figured I could do it. I mean, now, that was true, but I hadn't really taken the time to really do like that forensic self-discovery work um, necessary to create the right resume for myself. I had someone else's resume and I was kind of trying to pawn it off as my own, but it really wasn't like translating. Yeah, it wasn't translating, but it really didn't mirror my career journey, you know, there either. Uh, so I was basically, like I said, trying to use someone else's resume and changing just a few items and hoping that I could kind of talk my way into a new gig, right? You know, that the resume looked nice, they're going to want to talk to me. Now, now, no meaningful strategies, you know, if I really think about it, were described in that document, in that resume, like, again, that applied to me. No examples on how I was 
able to execute against how I was able to create a strategy, how I was able to execute against the strategy, no real receipts based on my actual level of influence. So obviously the results didn't get me to the level where I aspired to be in a time frame that was suitable for me. So literally I was walking around mad, you know, like, man, I got the resume. I got the resume. You know, what's what's going on here? I work in HR. I know what I'm doing. You know, as we're talking about individual contributor role, you know, job versus a, a career opportunity or a leadership opportunity where I'm leading people, driving a region, responsible for a PL, it wasn't going to happen with me being able to kind of just do that on my own. That's right. Stuck in purgatory. And we talked about <laughs> that before, right? You're just kind of stuck in pur- purgatory, mad as hell. Why am I not moving? Why am I not moving? Right. And as I mentioned, I mean, my B-School experience helped me get so far. It got me to the director level at the end of the day with that central casting, you know, resources, if you will, with my marketing collateral and the skills that I acquired during that whole process, it got me to the director level, but that was as far as I was going to go with that. Right. You got to have a little extra little spark because that that's only going to take you so far at the end of the day. So in order to get to the executive ranks, you know, I had to have some more help with my materials and my journey was, was internal when it came to kind of crafting my package at the end of the day. Right. Because I had great sponsorship. And I, you know, again, I talk about how fortunate I was to have sponsorship from the very beginning of my career. And that was a differentiator for me. So I didn't have to go external really to get my marketing collateral tight because I was having those one on one conversations with people who really cared about me and cared about my career and wanted to set me up for success. You know, they helped me keep my employment development plan tight, you know, so I knew what my strengths were, where my areas of opportunity were, and how to talk about those in a way that got me the next opportunities. You know, I kept tight tracking of my performance. You know, I always had, when I came into those one-on-one conversations, it was always like, here's what we said we wanted to get done. Here's what I've done, you know, and how am I tracking against that? And then keeping a record of that, the big things, you know, the big strategic things, making sure that I would add those to my resume as, you know, someone came up and said, hey, that's really impressive. You're moving the needle. You're moving the ball. I wanted to make sure that kind of stuff was on my resume because then I knew that was sending the right signal to folks that that's something that matters at the end of the day. So, you know, so I was able to build my executive ready marketing collateral kind of through sweat equity, those conversations, the performance, all of those things, as opposed to putting dollars out there. And I totally understand that that doesn't work for a lot of people and it doesn't work for most people. And in fact, I think it's almost arrogant to think that you can do it on your own for for most people because I was lucky. And that's all I can describe it to. I was lucky to have that sponsorship and, and people who really cared. But we already know that in corporate America, most people don't give a shit about you. And so you're not going to get that level of support and resource to get your stuff together. But even if you tried that with uh, like the internal moves with no sponsorship and you come in there with, let's say, having melanin in your skin or being a female and you're talking about having those receipts uh, in your employee development plan and you're talking about having some career aspirations, it's frowned upon sometimes. 
right? Like, they're like, who is this cocky joker, right? Like, it took me 20 years to get to this level. And what, he wants to do it in five years or she wants to do it in, you know, four or, or, or six years or whatever the case is. It can, it, like, to your point, it doesn't always work for people. But I appreciate you telling your story because at the end of the day, Keith, what I just heard you say is you still have to do the damn work. You still got to do the work. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You know, even though it was internal, it was important for you to still have some marketing collateral, you know, to help you go from director to C-suite. That's you know, right. So because we've both been in a room. We know how people talk about you when they're, they pull up all your shit off the system, the EDP, your resume, all that stuff. And then they start pulling it apart. And if you haven't in that discussion told them what you want to do and the time frame that's suitable to you, they might put you on the bench and help out, you know, whoever that they've probably made some commitments to or somebody who has been sharing with them their plan, you know, so to speak. Right. So again, a discussion for another day as we're talking about where you sit, you know, on the succession plans, whether you're, you know, high potential or not, you know, whatnot. But again, I appreciate your story. But, you know, I think about like as you're telling that story, I just think like once I set my sights on actually, you know, because I was trying to do it all myself, you know, before and I was able to get, you know, as far as like the director, you know, level to your point, you know, uh, there. But once I set my sights on investing in myself with executive coaching to help create marketing collateral and doing the work needed to get to the C-suite level, man, I really did see like a transformative difference in like my collateral, my search tactics and the results. I mean, I went from doing things myself and spending God knows how many hours on on a subpar product, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, right? To spending upwards to of two to five thousand dollars on professional services that completely changed the game for me. I mean, from helping me understand or talk through doing the self-discovery. We talked about that forensic self-discovery, uh, meaning what type of role or responsibilities that I want to have, what type of industry or size of organization that I want to be in. And based off of that, what does the resume, you know, need to even look like or what does it need to say? And then what about the LinkedIn, you know, profile? What does that need to look like, right? Like, again, that's the total package that I'm talking about. But the way that this kind of changed the game for me, Keith, is I literally went from making ends meet, you know, and almost living paycheck to paycheck to paying off school debt and making portfolio investments after doing this process the right way. <laughs> I mean, it was like night and day because, again, you don't if you don't know the total compensation, you know, numbers that we talked about, you know, and you're talking about, there's a difference between like we talked about with them resumes, you know, look like, but like, again, I had known, but I made that initial investment in myself, Keith, and it, it literally changed my life. It did. It did. I've seen you since that, since that investment. <laughs> so, I mean, that's when I, when I met you, cause you, we probably would never met without that investment because that investment got you the job that got us together. Right. Yeah, that's right. Hey, I was rolling big red with pride back then. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And you, you know, and you and I have been in this mix for a long time in terms of building teams and helping other people get jobs. And we've seen a lot of mistakes out there. Oh, oh my that, god. That people make. And so we wanted to spend a little time just talking about some of the common mistakes that we see with people in their marketing collateral because 
We've all done it. It happens to the best of them. It happens to the best of them. And the number one thing right there is those errors and typos and kind of lies on your resume and social media and other materials that you have out there, right? I mean, I've had typos before. I mean, I've had a recruiter call. I like, hey, you got a little typo there, a little grammatical error. I need to clean that up before I put you in front of XYZ and be like, damn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, but but at least they were nice enough to tell you. At least some they were people, nice enough to tell yeah, you. Yeah, because some people look at that and they be like, nope. And you don't know why they said no. That's right. You don't know why they said no. And probably the only thing that got me through is because the experience and everything else on the resume was tight that they would just give me the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, you know, this is a good person, but we got to clean that piece up. And I can't tell you how many times I've found a, a spelling error or a grammatical mistake on a resume that I've been reviewing. It happens more frequently than you think it it does, and certainly more than it should, right? And, you know, and it's almost like when you see it, it's almost like somebody let off a little silent fart, you know? (laughs) You know, and somebody sets off one of those little silent bombs, and, like, your face scrunch up, and you start to look around and see, you know, did that really just happen? Somebody just do what they did, right? And then you get a little mad and pissed off that actually somebody would actually do that shit, right? <laughs> so then it's a wrap, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, if they didn't take the time and the effort to, like, figure that stuff out, why am I going to bother to even put more time into this at the end of the day? If they didn't care enough or they they set me up like that, wanted to, like, left off a little silent stink bomb, then, hey, I, I'm going to move on. So... Be sure to get two or three pairs of eyes on your stuff before you put it out there in public. Yeah, I mean, that's key. I mean, look, at this stage, Keith, you and I still send stuff back and forth to each other, you know, saying, hey, what do you think about this? And, hey, you know, is this landing, you know, the right way? Would you change, you know, something? I mean, and to this day, we still change, you know, each other's, you know, uh, items, you know, slightly. So I appreciate, you know, uh, speaking about that common mistake because it is true. Look, I've had issues on mine. You know, like we just talked about, and sometimes you're just moving fast. You got to take the time to get those eyes on it. I think the the other mistake or common, you know, error that I see here is just like a bit of a disconnect or inconsistencies between collateral pieces. Meaning, like you may have on a resume, you know, that you had that you supported a business, and you may have the dollar amount, you know, uh, that the business supported incorrect on there, or you may have a like the size of the business, you may have the number of employees or the direct reports may not be right. That title of the role may be off the LinkedIn, not matching or being complete at all. In some cases, people don't even have their LinkedIn done, you know, yet. Right. So, so, I mean, those are like inconsistencies in terms of the data, you know, right there. Um, So again, people are like, is this, is this right? Is this you? You know, they're asking you questions about it. You're like, hey, on your resume, it says X. Oh, does it? (laughs) You know, like, wait, how many people does it? How many direct reports did it say I had? Like, so again, those inconsistencies, you know, can turn into be lies, you know, at, at, at some point. But again, if you're not familiar with your document, with your resume, if you haven't taken the time to do your LinkedIn, this is probably not going to, uh, work out well for you, <laughs> you know, when we start thinking about like uh, what it is that you're looking for. No, that's very true. And and you mentioned it earlier. I mean, having that paper footprint and that digital footprint and sync 
they got to stay in sync because again, like you just said, I mean, you got, it was a hundred million dollars on my resume and it was a $90 million one on LinkedIn. Then it's like, <laughs> what, what was it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, did you No. Well, first off, did you work here? Did you work here? <laughs> That's right. And your titles are different. You, you got to have all that stuff in sync. And to kind of build off of some of that, what you're just talking about too, you know, your stuff is too tactical. Right. And especially if you want to move kind of from manager ranks to executive ranks, you got to move out of the tactical. Right. And make sure that your resume is speaking, you know, like an executive at the end of the day. And one of the things that we always find a lot when we're working with clients or mentors, mentees, is kind of that lack of focus on scope and scale. So as you were just talking about things like size of company, size of division, you know, number of direct reports, the number of geographies that you may cover, you know, the the amount of, you know, revenue that you're able to generate. So all that scope and scale stuff helps companies understand where you fit in in their landscape, right? Because a director at that company may be a VP at another company, or conversely, it could just be a senior manager or a manager at another company. But at least you'll know that by providing that scope and scale so that you don't have all of these uh, bad conversations and wasted conversations because of not describing what your scope and scale is and not talking about your results. I'm always amazed at how many people just spend time on talking about what they're doing as opposed to the results that came from what they did over like what happened at the company overall like okay but what did you do to drive results yeah how did you impact that that's right and then just skills just people forget to talk about their skills right if you look at ricky and i's resume the first third of our resume is just pointing out the various skills that we bring to the table, right? Because that's important. And those skills, putting out those skills are key words that recruiters then use in their search engines and everything else to find you at the end of the day. So not talking about your skills and just focusing on those tactical things just just really is a big, big miss. And it because again, this doesn't tell the story about the points that you've put on the board or the potential or the value that you're bringing to the table and what you could add to the organization in your next leadership role when you're just focusing on, here's my tactical things that I do. Yeah. And the crazy part is about that story when we always think about what did the organization look? Because I know everyone thinks about the STAR method, you know, when you interview. And if you don't know about the STAR method, everybody, you know, look that up. Okay. But the STAR method, when we're talking about the situation, you know, like what was the lay of the land when you got there? What task did you, you know, undertake to be able to kind of change the paradigm, you know, uh, what or actions did you take? What was the result? Like, again, that resume is important, as Keith was talking about, because if it's too tactical, you miss all of that. <laughs> you know, if it's too tactical, you are basically a worker beast. Someone told you what to do and you just went and did it. <laughs> you know, and that's our method. I mean, the T is the tactics. You miss the S, the A and the R. It don't matter. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You worker bee. You know, again, you're trying to be like a, a leader of people versus an individual contributor, you know, here, which doesn't work. I think the the, the last common mistake, well, not the last, but one of the major ones that we see all the time, Keith. And look, I know we coin phrases for ourselves here, but it's like that mouthpiece is a mess. Like you, you got the resume somewhat right. The LinkedIn is kind of okay. So then they give you a call and you are stumbling and fumbling 
because you can't really articulate what's on paper. Like it, like your your conversation doesn't align with with what's on the paper. And I talk about the story all the time because this was literally what I was hoping I'd get an opportunity to speak to someone because my resume was okay. But then they speak to me and I wasn't quite ready. So again, that total compensation ask doesn't match the resume, you know, and the LinkedIn. Like there's literally, they're asking your your total compensation, you know, ask. And if that number is too low, they're going to be like, you ain't never done this before. They ain't done this <laughs> you know? before. That's right. <laughs> you know, or if it's too high, they're going to be like, wait a minute. You know what I mean? Like this, you're asking for something, your resume doesn't command. I think the other part of that is like there, you, you haven't done like the self-discovery where you're not self-aware about your aspirations or your story in general. Meaning, why did you leave your, your current organization why are you looking to leave your organization if you're still there? Or what are you looking for in your next career opportunity? Your resume, your LinkedIn, your post, how connected you are within the industry should all kind of tell that story. So when someone looks at your resume, oh, it makes sense that Ricky is trying to go from a director to a senior director or from a senior director to a VP or VP to chief. Like that is told within the resume there. But again, if you haven't done the necessary background work, uh, then your mouthpiece sometimes doesn't match, you know, what your marketing collateral, you know, then, you know, has said that you want to be able to do. And it's really tricky in particular when you're trying to switch careers or switch functions that you're working in, because that's really when your mouthpiece has to be tight because it all has to match and make sense. And you have to be able to connect those dots. Yeah. And to your point, we always talk about being able to showcase like your learning agility on your resume and on your profile, being able with your titles and whatnot, and also being able to showcase that you have transferable skills that can be lifted from one function and landed into another, you know, uh, function, so to speak, right? So we're talking about you being like this Swiss army knife. You can't go from finance to HR or vice versa or from engineering to D-E-N-I, you know, you can't do that if you don't have your mouthpiece right in it and that some of these other pieces aren't connected as it relates to your marketing collateral. Yeah, for sure. And as we, you know, think about all of this, you know, the impact of having great marketing collateral really can be the difference between kind of breaking through or getting stuck in purgatory because you almost got stuck in purgatory because your stuff wasn't tight, right? And I probably would have been stuck in purgatory if I didn't have somebody that really cared about me and wanted to just keep pushing and giving me the advice that I needed to get to the next level. So it all ties. Yeah, no, and I think the moral of the story is, like, you know, for me is, I mean, in order to achieve and surpass like your career aspirations, you have to invest the sweat equity and the financial resources needed to be competitive with your marketing collateral. I mean, Keith, you paid for B school and to go to a top B school, it costs money. But the sweat equity was you had to like humble yourself and go, you know, use the resources. You had to take the advice that they gave you and go back and do it, you know, yourself, right? You know, and for me, I'm thinking about, you know, I had to spend the money. I mean, I was trying to do it on my own, but we all need help. You know, like you need Anyone that says that they pulled themselves up by their own bootstraps and did it on their own is not quite being 
accurate with the truth. <laughs> you know, there everyone, you know, has to have some help. And I think that, you know, the moral to the story, as I said before, is it really starts with you having to, you know, invest, you know, in yourself. But look, Keith, again, every week, you know, for a hundred episodes, we've been telling people a <laughs> hundred episodes, we've been telling people like our thoughts here. And I know sometimes they think, oh my God, these cats be sensationalizing things and really putting an extra zero on it and this and the other. But in all honesty, this is the part of our show where we really let you know that you're not crazy, you know, at the end of the day, right? And there are receipts that talk about why this is important and a subject that that we wanted to bring to your attention. So today we'll share some receipts on the importance of having your marketing collateral tight. So Keith, hit us with receipt number one. Yeah. So according to Glassdoor, on average, each corporate job offer attracts 250 resumes. And of those candidates, four to six will actually get called for an interview and only one will get the job at the end of the day. Right. And according to studies by the ladders and job fights, recruiters take an average of six seconds to scan a resume. And 87 percent of recruiters use LinkedIn to check candidates. So this all aligns with what we we're just talking about. So you're only going to get a short time to make a make a big impression. You're going to have a lot of candidates in the pool and people are going to be checking what you have on paper. Also, with your digital footprint to make sure that they match a line or if there's some something that may be out of sync that causes them a, a little pause at the end of the day. And I'll even say this for some of you all who have LinkedIn today, you know, and you are, you know, we all kind of see what's available on the job sometimes. And when you actually click on a job and it depends whether you pay for LinkedIn or not, but you can see based on your skill set, on your personal profile, it will tell you sometimes if you were to apply for this job, you'd be in the top 25% or the top 10%. So based off of the 250 resumes that come in, we're talking about you'd be in that top 5 or 10% of that. And this is because you've done the work before versus you just rolling the dice and throwing your resume in there without having your, your profile complete. This You're already setting yourself up for failure. So I appreciate you know that receipt you know there, Keith, and it really just hammers home the the, the the fact that you gotta stay ready, you know, on that piece there so you don't have to get ready. Receipt number two, according to a survey of recruiters by Career Builder, uh, recruiters look for the following top five things in job seekers. They look for resumes tailored to the open position. That's 63% of people look for that. Resumes tailored uh, to the open position. 41% look for skill sets listed first, you know, on a resume. Skill sets first, not objective, <laughs> skill set, you know, 40% look for cover letters. Again, you, you may have a difference of opinion on whether or not a cover letter is important, you know, and for most times it's not, but 40% of people, depending on the job type that you're looking for, they're looking for a cover letter. And then 22% look for an application addressed to the hiring manager. So they want it personalized you know, to some degree versus it being general. And then, you know, 16% are linked to uh, personal blogs, portfolios, um, and or websites. So again, there is a trick, you know, here to it in terms of what they're looking for. They're very specific in terms of what the recruiters, you know, are looking for, especially when, when it comes to a resume and how it's presented. So if you don't think it matters, the receipt tells you something different. Tells you something different. And Ricky, 
you and I, we still get calls from recruiters all the time. And I can't tell you, you know, in at least the last year for sure, there has not been one person that has called me and has not mentioned secrets as an example. <laughs> right. Right. Because right? they are looking at my digital footprint and they'd be like, hey, I just the stuff that you're putting out there is great. The work that you're doing or blah, blah, blah. But all of that stuff matters at the end of the day. And that's part of the thought leadership and your digital footprint and how you're showing up in different spaces because they know I'm not the typical finance and operations person just because of the stuff that I'm doing at Secrets also, right? It's just, okay, this cat's a little different, <laughs> you know? So maybe we should talk to him, right? And uh, receipt number three, according to the American uh, Sociological Review, not using your professional skills can hurt your resume as much as one year of unemployment. So not using, not using your skills and not talking about your skills on your resume can hurt you as much as one year of unemployment. It's crazy, right? And a survey on resume errors by the latter showed that 80.4% of resume errors come from mistakes and former job experience descriptions. 61.7% of errors come from the miscommunication of skills on a resume. And 68.7% of resume errors involve missing accomplishments. Yep. So you were too humble. (laughs) You're too humble. You know, at the end of the day, which is huge here. We're talking, you know, it's as much as what was that, Keith? Like 70 to 80% of errors. We're talking about these are the you gotta clean those things. Gotta clean this stuff up. That's right. You gotta clean that stuff up. That's right. You gotta talk about your skills, talk about your accomplishments, make sure your job descriptions are right, make sure that your skill, everything that you're talking about is tight. And, and which is crazy is I, I know some of our uh coaching clients right now are uh listening to this going, ah, okay. <laughs> See, I, now I get it. You know, I understand what they're looking for. Okay. Look, receipt number four, according to a career builder survey, 41% of employers say that they might not interview a candidate if they cannot find them online. Now, look, I get it. Some of y'all, and, and, and I have a friend, okay? She knows who she is, okay? But, you know, I totally get not being engaged on Facebook as well, because I know I'm probably not either. But we tease her. She's been said that she's in witness protection when it comes to, like, her online presence, right? Versus, you know, LinkedIn. I totally get it. But here is the reason. While we're saying you, if if for nothing else, you know, you definitely need to have a professional profile that's going to help you with your career advancement here. Because again, we're saying 41% of employers say they might not even interview a candidate. So we're talking about once you got, if you got, if you don't fix the other things, you know, that we've spoken about the errors and some of those pieces, you have a 40% chance of not even getting looked at if they can't even find you on LinkedIn. Again, they're trying to like making sure that who you say you are on paper is who they see you to be, you know, so to speak, whether that's you have a picture on there or not. So again, these are just some of those uh, receipts here, Keith, that just, again, if I'm thinking about why we're even talking about this, it's the end of the year, Jack, you know, people are trying to get a job, you know, like all of these layoffs and everything. This is our contribution outside of having some personal, you know, coaching with individuals, this is some of that free game <laughs> that we're talking about right here. This is some free game. 
Sure is. What I want to be able to do is before we end the episode today, Keith, this is one of my favorite parts of the show is where we actually talk about proactive things that people can do, you know, to be able to change their fortunes or change the scenario here. Uh, this aligns why we call this secrets, like our show secrets. And again, I'm going to throw this in there again. Episode 100, y'all. OK, but today, <laughs> today we're going to provide three secrets. And I know some of you all have heard me say this time and time again, and Keith as well. But today we're going to provide three secrets on how to stay ready so you don't have to get ready when it comes to getting your marketing collateral tight. Those three secrets are take time for self-discovery. Number two, get professional help with your materials. And number three, get your mouthpiece tight. So Keith, secret number one, talk to us about that one. Yeah. Secret number one, taking time for self-discovery. Again, look in the mirror and really spend some time understanding your superpowers and your kryptonite because it's important to understand both sides of the equation and what you're bringing to the table. You know, ask others around you what they admire about you and where maybe some of your blind spots are and things that you need to develop and work on. Ask colleagues, you know, ask them what do they always call on you for? There are always certain things that they call on you for because you're dependable and they know that you're going to produce if they call on you for X. And once you understand what that X is, that X needs to go on your resume in terms of skills, right? Because that's something that you're known for and that you can stand behind at the end of the day. And, you know, a little self-promotion, get a coach <laughs> to help you tease out your superpowers and how to how to best present those both you know on paper and in the digital space. So that's what Ricky and I do. We help you you know understand where your superpowers lie, where your story is impactful. Um, what are those skill sets um, that need to show up on your resume so that they show up at the top of search engine recruiting searches and things like that? So you know, folks like us are here for that. And to that point, Keith, uh, with that secret in terms of taking time for the self-discovery, but taking time to build that muscle, you know, also, because there's going to be some stuff, as you talked about, some things that you do well, so maybe you can figure out how to do it even better, okay, versus some things that you may shy away from, being able to figure out how not to uh, shy away from it, how to hit that face on. So I think that's really a really good secret that I appreciate you sharing. Secret number two, as we talk about, is get professional help with your materials. I mean, Look, I did it. I call in like professionals when I needed to, to get like my collateral tight. And, and I didn't even really know what I didn't know, <laughs> you know, at the time. I thought I had it right. But I think, you know, being able to um, call on these professionals to get your collateral tight is so important. There's a big difference, as we were kind of alluding to earlier today, between a resume that will get you a $100,000 job an executive ready resume that will land you a career opportunity that will pay you in excess of $500,000 in total compensation per year. There's a difference as between like we talked about the job, you know, and the career. Okay. And the same, you know, goes for the rest of your marketing collateral, you know, so to speak, right. That value graph that I put together back in the day, man, that put me in a whole nother category. That one pager, like it, it helped me understand, okay, if I have a, a conversation and it's just a quick conversation, I can hit them with this. If I'm actually in a in an interview, 
I can hit him with these, you know, pieces right here on how I lead an organization or how I talk about performance, you know, and some of those things. Like it's really all of that stuff right there is coming from me uh, getting professional help and someone saying, hey, this is what other people do. Because we're talking about it. If you, you can get knocked out of the box by not saying enough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'd rather have too much, you know, and have them look at it uh, later than not speaking, you know, to it when I have the opportunity. Absolutely. And having different ways of presenting yourself, you know, is, is key. Because I remember that value graph when you first showed that to me. I said, oh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, nah, that, that was helpful. But that's it's tight. <laughs> Secret number three. Get your mouthpiece tight. You know, we've talked about this several times already. And as Ricky pointed out, there has to be alignment between what you say and what's on paper, right? And one of the things that we do with our clients, the very first thing that we do is really try and help them get their story tight. And you have to learn how to tell your story in multiple different ways and multiple different situations because you may get one minute on the elevator, you may get three minutes at a cocktail party. You may have 10 minutes to talk about it in an interview. You got to have, be able to tell your story in all of those situations and tell it at varying lengths, but with the same amount of impact. And so having that mouthpiece tight is really, really important. And again, a good coach can help you do this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't pay to go in there freestyling. Okay. <laughs> Practice this stuff before you get there. But look, this is is probably one of our babies here when it comes to us talking about marketing collateral and everything, because it all starts right there. And look, you can find more resources on the secrets and the receipts that KP and I shared today by just going to our website, secrets.com and looking in those show notes for this episode. Look, Janelle has been working her tail off for 100 episodes, putting show notes together. So y'all go on in there and read that stuff, man. Go ahead and, and get a drum of some. Read those receipts and read those uh, show notes that Janelle puts together. But again, we appreciate it. That's right. And as we close out season five, I want to give a shout out to all of our amazing guests that we had on this season. You know, we started with the MacArthur Genius and Dr. Sophia Nobles. Ended with a technology genius in Victor Cho. We had a legendary genius in Carlton Guthrie, you know, who talked about, you know, his experience over the last 50 years. And we had so many amazing conversations with folks like Maureen Metcalf and Karen Nightingale, Dr. Garrett Gilmore from Stillman College, Taru Brooks, Sean Graham from the National Black MBA Association, Ty Belcour, you know, talking about his nonprofit and social justice work. I mean, it has just been so filling, you know, to the soul to just have all of these folks on the show and want to be a part of the village, right? And we want to give a final shout out to all of our listeners and fans out there as you make it all happen. You know, we received our first and hopefully not our last <laughs> podcast award this year. You know, the Listener's Love Award from the Black Podcasters Association because of your support. And we really appreciate you being down with us, Right. And again, be sure to write a review on Apple or Spotify. Sign up for our mailing list on secrets.com. Follow us on LinkedIn and continue to comment and share our social media posts. All of this stuff matters in helping us create the village that we want to build 
and helping you get what you deserve. Yeah, look, and KP and I are locked in on helping you get that money, that dollar dollar bill and getting your seat at the table. I mean, I think that's really, really important because this is how we change our fortunes. This is how we implement and have sustainable change. We are uh, well past $6 million in total compensation increases that we've helped people achieve by working, just working with us, right? And and again, soaking up this free game uh, in the podcast as you've been doing now for 100 episodes, okay? It is time for you to invest in yourself and get what you deserve, right? Because this is what this is about. If you've been thinking about getting a coach, Now's the time. Stop thinking about it and just do it. You can be ready for a new life in just a few months. It's time to just put yourself first. I mean, we do all of this stuff for everyone else. We're so altruistic. Now it's time to be just a little selfish, you know, here and start trying to build that generational wealth. Also, check out the gear. I mean, it's Christmas time. Keith over there, double and triple nailed up right now. He got on all kind of gear. So, but it makes a great gift if you're looking for a holiday present as well. And as we close out season five in 2022, Ricky and I wish you and yours a wonderful holiday and a prosperous 2023. And don't forget about us if you want to get that coin, right? (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to take a little break and start to pull together some more hot fire for you for season six. So we're going to take a little, you know, a few weeks off as we always do, get it geared back up, right? So PR, Let's raise our glasses to our village out there. And then we're going to get back to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the world keeps on giving. We got a lot more to talk about, so we're not going to stop here. And we got some cool, cool guests lined up for season six. I mean, it just, it just keeps on giving. It does. It does. So y'all take care and keep in mind, you are not crazy. Okay? <laughs> this shit is real. Right. So thanks for listening to Secrets. And remember, when we share, you transform. Peace, everybody. Take care. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed yet another episode of Secrets. In fact, one listener said that with Secrets, I learned new, actionable information listening to KP and PR. I enjoy the balance of data with the testimony of real experience. And we hope you agree. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please show these brothers some love. Subscribe and write a review on our podcast. And last, but certainly not least, elevate your professional game by signing up for our executive coaching services. Check us out at www.secrets.com to get more information about our secret services. Remember, when we share, you transform. Until next time, cheers.